Hi, you guys. We're on day 19 of the 21 day pelvic health challenge, nearing the end here. Today, I want to chat with you guys a little bit about UTIs or urinary tract infections. These are quite common. And if anyone's ever had them, they are not fun to have. And they can lead to a lot of uncomfortable symptoms, including things like burning, like in your urethra, like having to pee all the time, like double, triple the time you normally do, frequency, urgency, pain, bladder pain, pelvic pain, just general discomfort, among many other things. You can even have some bowel symptoms um, and depending on the person, more systemic symptoms as well. So essentially UTIs, not fun. And they happen when an infection develops in your urinary system. So usually it's the lower urinary tract and that is including of the bladder and the urethra. So definitely not fun, but the good news is there are things that we can do to minimize the likeliness or likelihood. I don't think likeliness, is that a word? (laughs) Now I'm wondering, I'm gonna have to Google this after you guys. Likely, I don't think likeliness is a word, but the likelihood that you will get a UTI. And obviously we want to avoid it for all the obvious reasons for that dysfunction sort of discomfort for that infection. But what is interesting, especially in the conversations we've been having is that UTIs can actually cause pelvic floor dysfunction. And so we do not want that to happen if we can prevent it. On the flip side, it's very interesting as well that, uh, a pelvic floor dysfunction can actually mimic the effects or the symptoms of a UTI as well. So sometimes we have people who have UTIs that are true UTIs. And sometimes we have people who have what we call phantom UTIs. And that is a UTI that doesn't actually have a positive culture or there's no actual evidence of bacterial overgrowth. And those phantom UTIs are typically a pelvic floor dysfunction. So a UTI, a true positive culture, proof that there's bacteria overgrowth. We know that's a true UTI. Phantom UTI, just to recap, is usually a pelvic floor dysfunction that is basically mimicking the symptoms of a UTI. And because of that, because we have these true UTIs, we have these phantom UTIs, it's actually quite difficult to tell the difference between what is what. And that's because the symptoms are nearly identical. The burning, the urgency, the frequency, the bladder, pelvic pain, among the rest. And without confirmation, a lot of the times in our world, we'll treat with antibiotics anyway, without actually knowing that there's a UTI, a true UTI. And so this can become problematic because A, it's not good to take antibiotics for no reason, but B, it's not actually treating the problem if that's the case and the problem is actually the pelvic floor so you can see they're so interconnected right so infection can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction pelvic floor dysfunction can mimic infection and it really gets quite complicated so if we can avoid all of it then that is the best case scenario And the reason I should just preface this or not preface, but I should tell you guys why the reason that a urinary tract infection can cause pelvic floor dysfunction is because 
they're really uncomfortable, right? Those infections really suck. And because of that, there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of irritation from the infection and the muscles of our pelvic floor, the muscles around our urethra, the muscles all around, they kind of go into high alert and they try to protect the area and save us from that discomfort, from that pain, from that irritation. And they, when they do that, they kind of go in that fight or flight. So that tension, and they have a lot of difficulty relaxing. And this actually tends to persist once the UTI is cleared. And so a lot of the times when you're working with kind of people like women's health, like someone like me, what you see is you hear it all the time, women who, you know, had one infection and then all of a sudden for the next two years or six months or whatever, had infection after infection, after infection, after infection. But if you kind of dive a little deeper, what we find out is a lot of those weren't actually positive on culture. So again, that means that after the infection, these women were left with a pelvic floor dysfunction. So we want whenever possible to prevent infection from happening in the first place, right? Because if we're doing this challenge and going about life, trying to optimize our health, optimize our pelvic health, then we want to do everything in our power to keep ourselves feeling good and have everything working as it should. Obviously, avoiding infection is good for many reasons, but also for avoiding the fallout of potential pelvic floor issues after. Now, how can you prevent UTIs from happening? Uh, Here we're talking true UTIs, you guys. So true infection. I think most of you guys have heard this one, but urinating before and after sexual activity, that's really important to flush the urethra and reduce the risk of bacteria reaching the bladder. If possible, it's also really good if both you and your partner shower before sex or sexual activity, just because again, going in everything clean. Uh, if you have been someone who have had a lot of antibiotics recently or in your life, you might want to look into a probiotic. There's some good evidence coming out that probiotics are helpful, both in general, but especially if you've been on antibiotics. And the reason is that helps restore the natural flora of your gut. If there is a pelvic floor dysfunction, if you are someone that deals with pelvic floor symptoms, you want to get to a physio and treat those symptoms and treat that dysfunction because that's going to help reduce the risk of becoming or getting a UTI. Kegling. So if you guys kegel and we haven't really talked about this much and I'm not suggesting you do, but because that's going to depend on the person, but I hear it a lot where people practice their kegels on the toilet when they're peeing. This is not a good idea. And I am going to encourage all of you who do that to stop immediately and not continue to kegel on the toilet while you're peeing. A lot of people, and I think this was an old school thought or something that was taught years ago. I do not know, but a lot of people were told practice while you pee, because then you can tell if it's working because your urine will stop. The logic here even if I, you know, could jump on board, they don't take into account that that's actually encouraging some backflow of urine, which is encouraging urine to stick around in the urethra on the walls and really become a breeding ground for bad bacteria. So do not kegel on the toilet. Similarly on the toilet, take your time to fully empty because if you don't fully empty, then you again can have urine left over in there, which can lead to bad bacteria. 
more things that we do not want. And then avoid delaying going to the bathroom when you have to. We talked about this on whatever day. Sorry, guys, I paused there because I'm pretty sure my dog is going through her teenage years because at the beginning of this challenge, the girl was great, but something's going on lately and she is just, you know, keeping me on my toes. That's for darn sure. Likes to, she just likes to be part of the conversation, right? She just likes to chat with you guys on the podcast. But what I was saying before I took a wee pause was, again, avoid delaying going to the washroom when you have to go. So if you have to go, go. Uh, we talked about that whatever day we chatted about bathroom behaviors. And if you recall, I said, don't do the just in case pee. But at the same time, if you have to go, don't hold it and hold it and hold it. So another way that you can prevent a UTI. Uh, making sure you drink lots of water. Going back to that podcast, see, it all comes full circle here near the end. But making sure you hydrate well. So reminder, 1.5 liters. And then for every half hour you spend sweating, another 500 milliliters. Making sure you're getting that in your day. And that's going to really help prevent the risk of UTI. If you use toys, sex toys, anything like that, making sure you keep them well cleaned and don't let bacteria, um, you know, linger on those toys. And back to bathroom habits. I don't think we chatted about this. Maybe we did. Um, making sure to wipe front to back after you go to the bathroom, not back to front because back to front can bring some of that fecal matter into and introduced into the bladder. Similarly, back to when we chatted about all the vulvar vaginal hygiene, all of those things will also help you reduce your risk of UTIs. So, you know, keeping everything clean, dry, avoiding moisture, uh, cotton underwear, avoiding scented products, all of those things that you can go back, circle back to and listen to on that particular podcast day. So you guys, these are all the ways we can prevent UTIs. What's kind of interesting or kind of fun to realize is what I just said. Like, honestly, we've already talked about most of the things on this list, with the exception of a few, every single thing on this list we have talked about um, and kind of worked towards and had tips and tricks for. So what this tells you is basically just good pelvic health and good overall health and paying, you know, mind to doing all the right things. That alone is going to help prevent UTIs. So basically by focusing on, so maybe I didn't need to have a day dedicated to UTIs today then, because maybe all of the other days combined would have just made sure that you were at a reduced risk of UTIs. So food for thought to me, maybe this shouldn't have been a day, but I did want to bring it up because it is a common, common problem that we hear about a lot and can lead to a lot of discomfort and suffering. And if we can avoid that suffering, let's do it because there is enough suffering in this world. All right, you guys, that's your UTI podcast in a nutshell. In terms of actual homework or challenges for you today, Honestly, I don't really have much. I just want you to pay mind to what we just chatted about. If anything, your challenge today, in case you're not continuing since the hydration challenge, is to make sure you get your water intake for the day. That is so important. And I will frequently remind you to drink enough water because it really makes a big difference. So there you go. You guys have it. Get your water into you today and I will chat with you tomorrow.